Our culture is in a crisis, and the solution to that crisis is the gospel message. St. John's Seminary, the seminary of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, offers an online MA in pastoral ministry degree for anyone interested in receiving formation for ministry. This program helps students improve their knowledge of the Catholic intellectual tradition and develop practical skills for ministry. A studio with professional video, audio, and lighting equipment allows our students to have an enjoyable technological experience, a necessity for any online learning environment. Anyone who is working in and around the Roman Catholic Church in North America needs an education like this. There's no way you could get this kind of education anywhere than at a seminary. Our online Master of Arts in Pastoral Ministry offers you the chance to continue your education in ministry and designed to provide you with the knowledge, spiritual formation, and practical skills that you need to serve the family of God in our parishes, schools, and other ministries. By grounding yourself in the intellectual tradition of the Catholic Church, you will be able to go out into this culture and leaven it with the good news. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Dr. Patrick Fletcher, who is a senior advisor for theology and social doctrine at the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops. He earned his PhD in theology from the Catholic University of America, and in 2014, uh, published a book with Wittfenstock titled Resurrection Realism, Ratzinger, the Augustinian. First of all, Dr. Fletcher, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for uh, having me. Appreciate being here. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, some, several related topics that deal with sort of uh, uh, the remains of the body after death. And there have been uh, three documents that have come out uh, since, I think, 2016 that show, I think, a, a, an increasing concern on behalf of, of the Catholic Church. So in uh, 2016, the Vatican, the CDF, came out with a document, Ad Seregnum Cum Christo, regarding the burial of the deceased and the conservation of ashes in the case of cremation. Last year, the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops published a document, Burying the Dead, Grieving Well, a Guide for Catholics on Bodily Disposition and Grief. And then just a few months ago, in March 2023, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops published On the Proper Disposition of Bodily Remains. And so, uh, as I said, an, in, an increasing concern among the church about what is happening to the body after death. So I wanted to talk about these issues, um, specifically three issues in particular. Cremation, number one, which is something I think a lot of Catholics at least know in general what the, what the Catholic Church says about that. But there's been sort of new technological advancements in the past couple of years that the U.S. bishops and the Canadian bishops and, and I think a little bit the, the, the Vatican have addressed, and that is alkaline hydrolysis and then human composting. So we'll, we'll talk about what those things are and then what, the, what all of these bishops in the Vatican has to say about that. So that's the general conversation I want to talk about. So let's start with that first theme of cremation. Uh, and the CDF document says that the church insistently recommends that the bodies of the deceased be buried in cemeteries and other sacred places, right? So that's the sort of preferred mm -hmm. option, I guess you could say. Um, why is that? Why is it that the burial in cemeteries or other sacred uh, places, why is that the preferred uh, mode? Yeah, good question. Um am i calling you dr squires here or how do, we, how do we work on your show <laughs> whatever you'd like to do it's fine uh, all that right well, guy Stuart and i went to school at seaway together yeah so I'm absolutely gonna call, i'm gonna call him Stuart. uh good question um before you know jumping into that i i would just maybe back up a bit and, and just try to frame the question a little more broadly and i, I think um in the theology uh, the theological background to how we treat the bodies of the dead there's at least kind of two things that that have to be kept in mind one is, as Catholics, we believe that, you know, uh, in, in the symbolism, the importance of, of the symbolism of actions, and of course, we have sacraments and rituals. And, and so uh, we need to keep in mind, what does the action signify? And when we're when we're dealing with the dead body, does it and, and you know, lex orandi, lex credendi, you know, what we believe is, is uh, supposed to be mirrored in what how we pray and how we worship and the rituals that we do. And so uh, is this ritual uh, associated with death expressing our faith in the resurrection as catholics and is it is it does it correspond with that or is it 
correspond with something else. So that's kind of one thing. And then overlapping is um, this idea that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And even after the death of the person, that body will still be raised uh, on the last day in, in some way. And so we don't um, mistreat the bodies of the dead, but we treat them with dignity. And that's even reflected in, you know, the criminal codes of the United States and Canada and, and other countries. That's a kind of a standard human um, uh, instinct that we treat the bodies of the dead with respect. So those are, I think, at least two um, ways that we approach these questions. Um, and then you've got, um, you're talking about ad restringentum cum Christo, which is talking about why the uh, bodies and you're speaking about the cremated remains or just in general the bodies are to be laid to rest in a cemetery well at the beginning of the cdf's document they don't they haven't gotten to that yet yeah, so yeah, yeah. right at the beginning yeah. they're just saying the yeah. bodies of the deceased be buried right so that's yeah. before they get to sort of what do you do mm-hmm. with the body right, so as right. opposed to as i think a common practice these days and, and they and the document does get to that the idea yeah. of having the ashes in an urn and then have that sort of on the mantle yeah. Yeah, so I guess there's a, at least a couple of ways to respond to that, I think. And one is, um, well, the burial is, the church still prefers, and this comes out a little more clearly in the in the U.S. bishop's document, that and it's in the Code of Canon Law, that the preferred method of bodily disposition is, is burial of the whole body in the ground, because this is what happened with Christ, this is uh, what we see in the Bible, and and there's this, you know, metaphor in St. Paul, the seed that is sown in the ground and dies and it, and it, you know, grows and it rises again. And that, that, uh, um, the seed sown in the ground is a metaphor for the resurrection. And so sowing the body in the ground kind of, is, um, represents that, um, that, that aspect of our faith. The other thing is, uh, the reason it's a place, um, is because of having a place to bury the body. Uh, and lay it to rest allows the Christian faithful to come and pray for the dead in that place. And so the person's body, the person will be remembered in the prayers of the faithful who, who come to the cemetery to pray. And of course, you go the traditions of, you know, praying over the tombs of the martyrs and that sort of thing. So um, this tradition of having a sacred, uh, sacred ground where bodies are laid to rest is an ancient Christian thing that goes back, you know, before the catacombs and stuff. So uh, that's just kind of the way Christians have been doing it for a couple thousand years. So uh, whether or not the body is replaced in the ground or whether it's cremated and then placed in the ground, that is, that is the preference. And also the, yeah. the, the, the bishops talk about a sort of preference for not cremating, although in certain circumstances, cremating is permissible, uh, though I, I guess maybe a, a way of putting it is it's not sort of encouraged. So when is cremation yeah. Uh, acceptable? When is it not acceptable? And and why do the bishops not sort of encourage it, even though they do allow it? Yeah, so I'm not an expert on the history of cremation. My understanding is that in the West, it came uh, into common, or it it initially was used as a kind of a, um, uh, as a religious expression, as an attempt to deny the resurrection of the body amongst certain sects. So it wasn't, so it was seen with great hostility by the church, you know, in the beginning of the 20th century, for example, uh, because it was a, a, an attempt to deny the resurrection of the body by sort of deliberately disintegrating the body uh, to say, you know, there, God, there's nothing left for you to raise up now kind of thing. And if that were the person's intention, then that would be wrong. So, um, you know, over the last 50 years or so, cremation has been permitted because of the fact that it's become so widespread. People aren't choosing it for nefarious reasons or to deny the faith or anything Oftentimes, people are just choosing it for financial reasons. I, that's probably the number one reason. In fact, in, in both Canada and the United States now, I think it's around 60 or 70% of mm. of um, burials are, are cremation now. So, uh, And that's among Catholics as well as non-Catholics. So it's pretty much what people are doing. Um, the only re- reason it would not be permitted would be if it were deliberately chosen as a way of trying to deny the resurrection of the body. But I've never you know, seen or heard of anyone actually doing that in my lifetime. Mm. Uh, So again, the cremation is acceptable as long as it's not desecrating the body. And then, but you must again, uh, sort of bury that, uh, the, 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 the remains, the CDF goes on and says, um, uh, it could be in a mausoleum or something as well. Right. Yeah. I guess it doesn't have have to be in the ground, but right. It has to be sort of uh, interred, I guess might be the right word. Yep. Yep. Uh, The bishops say, um, uh, through the practice of burying the dead in cemeteries and churches or their environs, Christian tradition has upheld the relationship between the living and the dead. 
and has opposed any tendency to minimize or relegate to the purely private sphere the event of death and the meaning it has for Christians. So I think that one short sentence has uh, sort of packs a punch and, and requires several things to be sort of unpacked. First of all, what is the relationship between the living and the dead uh, that this document is hinting at? And number two, what is wrong with relegating the event of death to the sort of purely private sphere? Like this is just my family yeah. or this is just my body. I can do whatever I want to it. It's my body. Uh, what are the bishops? My body, my here? choice. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, exactly. I, which document was that from? That's was the that CDF. From? The CDF. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, good question. Um, I think the answer to the, the question about the connection between the living and the dead is really the communion of saints. I think that's what it comes down to, uh, and it's something that um, when we lose, and this kind of goes to the second part as well of your question, when we lose that connection with the dead we sort of lose that understanding of the church as being bigger than just us right here. And now, you know, um, GK Chesterton talks about uh, true, the true sense of tradition is, is that it's the democracy of the dead that we, we care about what the dead people thought as well as what we think. And, you know, part of the beauty of the Catholic church is this sort of, you know, long continuity with those who've gone before. And, you know, if you have a, a cemetery connected to your church, that's a real, uh, visible sign of the continuity of the community with those who have died and gone before. So uh, I think there's, you know, basic sort of psychological, phenomenological kind of reasons for, for having um, that connection with the, with the living, with the, with the worshiping community and with those who have died. And um, I also think that, and this maybe we'll get to this later, I don't know, but, you know, in our culture today, it's like, there's an incredibly strong desire to sort of deny the reality of death and focus on health at all costs and to pretend like this world is all that there is and to not think for a moment, if, as long as you can help it, about your own death. And, uh, you know, a lot, of these, a lot of these rituals that Catholics and Christians have about, about death, about viewing the body, burying the body, um, the funeral, all these things, the cemetery, they're all about reminding ourselves that we will die someday and we will have to meet God. And how are we going to live in preparation for that? So, um, yeah, there's good reasons to, to think about that. There's a, a popular movie that you may have heard. Uh, it was made seven years ago called The Way by um, yeah, yeah. Martin Sheen as the yes. actor and his son, Emilio Estevez. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, so not, you know, I'm not giving anything away here, but um, the son dies in the the, the beginning of the movie. Uh, he's cremated, and then the father, Martin Sheen, the, the yeah. character, takes his son across the Camino del Santiago, and and scatters his ashes uh, throughout. And then at the very end, sort of casts the rest into the ocean. I actually do like the movie, even though you know there's some theological problem problems right. there. But total coincidentally, after I emailed you uh, last week about this conversation, I was watching YouTube <laughs> and there's at least one video of a young woman, probably in her early 20s, who made this hour and a half long movie about her own sort of trip across the Camino. And she did the exact same thing with her father. And this is not fiction. This is real. Wow. So, I, you know, who knows how many people yeah. have actually done this. But, but, but I think this movie in a way has inspired that idea of let me, let me cast my, my loved one's ashes into right. the to the ocean after I've gone on the Camino. So, um, but, but even that movie aside and, and that sort of spurring of that, that sentiment, um, mm -hmm. cer certainly people, uh, when they cremate will, will do that sort of thing. Uh, whether they've even heard of oh, that yes. movie, they'll, yes. they'll cast the ashes to the ocean. Why is, does the church forbid that? What's, what's the problem with that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, because it's, it is, uh, I think it, to to be fair to the the sentiment, I think it it does represent a real a real genuine desire to kind of um, lay the person to rest in a way that that you and you would think that they would appreciate. You know, like maybe it's the person's you know your dad died and this was his favorite spot at the lake or something, so you're going to scatter his ashes there or you know whatever that kind of thing. Um, so I I think that the the sentiment is 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 quite good in most cases, uh, um, so, and I'm not you know have no judgment on people who do that and their subjective, uh, you know, um, state. But uh, the reason the church doesn't allow it is uh, a couple reasons. One is that, you know, for the good of those who mourn, it is very helpful to have a 
single place where the remains are as opposed to just sort of being disintegrated all over the place like there's a burial spot you know maybe there's a grave marker or something like that um so that that can be helpful and um and again it goes back to the gesture so dis- despite the intentions behind it the, the gesture itself literally scattering or or disintegrating is is kind of not what the christian view of death and resurrection is it's kind of like the circle of life and the lion king type of thing or at least it seems like it's it more easily allies with that kind of an idea that like you're going back into the ecosystem you know um your your new your your body's just being sort of dispersed to the winds and and um and that's kind of gone sort of thing whereas the christian idea is no the seed is planted in the ground and it grows into a new life so um yeah, I mean, without, you know, impugning the motives of people who do that in any way, the the objective sort of, I think, symbolic meaning of it is not, doesn't fit as well with uh, the Christian um, faith in the resurrection as the, as a regular kind of burial would. Um, venturing away just for a second from sort of what these... But that doc- was a great movie, though. The, the, the Way was a Yeah, I, I do like that movie. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, they, they, I don't know if they did this in Canada, but they for one day only re-released it in the theaters uh, around the country, probably in just big cities. But, um, you know, I, I, despite that one theological issue with, with the ashes, I, I in general do yep, like the yep. movie and recommend it, but there is that sort of cringy element yeah, well. to it. Um, so stepping away for a second from what, sort of what these documents are specifically teaching, I kind of um, curious about something that you had already mentioned, and that is the sort of the, the financial realities. We all know how expensive yes. Uh, burial is and, and even cremation that's it's not cheap and so mm-hmm. um i think you're right that most people who do cremate it if not everybody is simply doing it out of economic realities so if you're if you're well yourself or or you're thinking about your deceased loved one um and you're and you're weighing this question in your mind and, and the morality and you think to yourself well no, I'm, I'm certainly not intending to desecrate the body, so that's not an issue. Yeah. Um, but then there's this financial reality. What are the sort of um, things that, that Catholics should think about? How should they sort of uh, prudently uh, uh, reflect on and, and make the process and, and the decision on what they should do either with their own bodies or mm-hmm. with the bodies of their loved ones? Well, first, obviously, listen to this podcast and, uh, you know, <laughs> that'll clear things up. No, I mean, I'm not a funeral home uh First professional, and so I would I would talk to a, a Catholic funeral home professional and express you know your own desires about what you want. I mean, there are um, you know in, in terms of cost, that's only one of the factors to take into account. There are all sorts of other factors because um, you know the cost of a funeral is substantial, but um, it's not like you know for for many people when they when their estate is being um, what do you say. Um, liquidated or whatever it's not it's not going to be a massive massive uh portion of the inheritance that they're passing on to their kids it's not like your kids are gonna probably go broke because you had a funeral that was that was a little more expensive and there are other options i mean uh, cremation can be cheaper but it can be you know it does isn't necessarily cheaper it all depends on things like you know the price of like i think you're in near los angeles or something so um i'm assuming that 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 cemetery plot land is probably really expensive and cremation would would make more financial sense probably in that type of place if you're out right. in, in the midwest somewhere and and land is cheap you know it might not make that much difference um and it also depends on you know whether you have the body present um you know do you need to embalm the body to have it present during the funeral or the vigil or things like that so there's all different um factors but yeah i would just say you know talk right. to a professional at a funeral home and um express what you would like and see what they can do because um um the, yeah i i don't want to get into being cynical about funeral homes but they sure, definitely sure. they definitely uh don't offer they don't advertise their cheapest options right off the bat that's for sure yeah those are not found in the catalog that they show you <laughs> um i think one of the things all all three of these documents i should say are worth reading they're not very long i read them all this past weekend in probably an hour or two and they can be found online for free. And I'll, 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 I'll include links in, in, the, in the show notes. Um, one of the things that sort of the, the Canadian bishops, I think, emphasize more than the other two documents is this idea that um, for, for the loved ones of the deceased, um, uh, that, that the burial process shouldn't be rushed. Yeah. Uh, and even if someone is cremated, that there is an opportunity for loved ones to view the body of the deceased. And 
Yeah. Uh, again, it's not a long document, but for the length of the document, I think they sort of really spend time emphasizing this. Why do you mm-hmm. think that is? What 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 are the Canadian bishops trying to convey to us as to why we need to sort of not rush and be, be patient with this burial process? Yeah, so that's that's uh, very interesting. And I mean, I work for the Canadian Bishops Conference, and so I know something about the development of this document. And um, yeah, I mean, one of the things that was interesting was that, and this was coming from, you know, it's it's kind of in the liturgical sort of funeral rubrics, if you will, but just coming from totally secular um, grief sort of experts uh, that have nothing to do with the church, this clear idea that like you need to see the body in order to properly grieve the person. And if you don't, it just, it, it's not healthy. Um, there's something about, um, you know, you can intellectually know that, that someone you love has died. And sometimes, you know, people die and you haven't actually seen them in a few years or in a little while. And uh, if you don't actually see the body, it can be, even though you intellectually know that they're dead, there's something that happens when you, when you actually see that body. It's a different part of your brain that's sort of engaged. And uh, then you really know, yeah, they're really, they're dead. They're there and they're not alive. And uh, that sort of different you know, part of your brain or whatever it is um, can really allow the grieving to sort of begin in a way that it can't if you don't have that concrete experience of seeing the person the dead person. And, and this is why, you know, religions around the world have had this tradition of coming to see the dead body before it's buried or, or whatever happens to it, because it really is a, it satisfies that kind of fundamental human need to, to grieve. And, and one of the things also that, that kind of, I don't know if you were going to talk about this, that kind of came out in that document is that like grieving is not, it's not an option. It's not like, well, maybe you won't grieve because, you know, they were old or something. It's like, no, it's, it's not about whether you grieve because you can't repress that. You can't repress it completely. And it's about grieving well and, and getting it off on the right foot and, and uh, doing it in a good way because um, there can be all sorts of unhealthy manifestations of grief if, if it's not managed properly. This, this sort of going off on that very last point, this might be kind of an obvious question, but why, why is it important um to grieve i mean to your point like uh, you know uh, when i think all all four of my grandparents are dead and you know i I certainly find that sad but but in all honesty they were i think all of them were in their 80s right so this is if they didn't die tragically they would not die extremely young right they lived long full lives so what what's at stake Why, why is it that the canadian bishops really want to emphasize the importance of grieving yeah, well, I think one thing is that grieving is not um, grieving and, and celebrating the life of a person are not mutually exclusive. So um, just because you can be happy that the person is with God and they've had a long, happy life doesn't mean that, you know, one funeral home director uh, or uh, actually was a cemetery director, I think, told me, he said, you know, even when a person dies at 90, like there should still be a little, a little bit of grief. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like, yes, they're dead, you know, <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's it's uh you've lost them you know and yes they've gone to be with the lord hopefully but um so um yeah i obviously it's very different you know based on the circumstances of the person's death and and all that kind of thing but um why is it important because because it's 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 un it's very unhealthy if you don't grieve well you know mm-hmm. you can get you can get and this is i don't think super crazy or abnormal but you can have people sort of um, still acting like their loved one is still alive, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, weird kind of unhealthy things uh, that aren't quite what happens when you grieve properly, you know, you're still going to always have a relationship with the dead, with the person who's died. Um, it's different, obviously, when they're when they're dead, but, um, but there are just, yeah, you know, or a person who just never really fully accepts that they're gone and is always kind of living in this, like, state where it's as if they're waiting for them to come back or something you know so yeah yeah the u.s bishops sorry the canadian bishops talk about um i think the term they use is celebration of life right that that has become kind of yeah popular thing to do so it's basically through a party and you don't grieve you don't show the body um and um you know i to your point about the sort of negative effects i think it's it's hard to distill that specific issue in our culture. Where do we see that that negative uh, um, sort of bubble up, that, that right. failure to grieve bubble up? Because there's so many problems in our culture today. But 
I'm just trying to think off the off the top of my head, where where might we see in our culture today symptoms of of, of this problem of people failing to recognize that their loved ones have died either individually or sort of uh, 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 on a cultural or societal level. Does anything come to your mind? That's um, a good question. Uh, yeah. no, nothing's coming to my mind offhand. Yeah. Uh, you, you didn't give me that question in advance. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So that, that one, uh, that one, that one just came to my mind just now. Yeah, so, no, that's right. Uh, well, something for us to think on. Yeah. Every time I do one of these episodes, it always I always have something myself to think about afterwards. So maybe this yeah. will be the topic. Where do where yeah. do we see that sort of manifest itself? Um, well, yeah. So yeah, the big, I think I think the the Vatican talks tr- strictly about cremation. If I remember, they don't talk about these other two no, issues. No, they don't. No, they don't. They, but, they, but, well, they they obliquely refer to some when they talk about. Um, uh, things that are designed to uh, something like a kind of a pagan uh, idea of returning oh, to the right. earth or something like that. Yeah, they, that's don't, right. they don't go into detail. Yeah. Right. But then the, the Canadian bishops and the U.S. bishops sort of hit this head on. And, and, and I think you're certainly right that the Vatican has uh, in the back of their minds. And the Canadian bishops, again, they wrote this before the U.S. bishops. They state that uh, correctly, uh, neither the Pope nor the CDF have made any pronouncements about alkaline hydrolysis this this is is a fairly new procedure Uh, i think we can reasonably guess that one or both will make a pronouncement sooner rather than later on that topic but um the canadian bishops say that it should be not encouraged the 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 u.s bishops i would say are a little firmer uh or or more direct maybe as a way of putting it um uh i guess the, the well the first question is what is alkaline hydrolysis Right on. How is it different from cremation? Yeah, so alkaline hydrolysis is uh, effectively, um, well, do I describe it (laughs) as if I'm selling it to you or as if I'm uh, trying to not sell it to you? Basically, there's a metal vat that they put the body in. It's filled with a chemical bath. It's heated and pressurized. Um, It looks like a really big industrial strength dishwasher or something. and uh, in a few hours or a couple hours, the body is basically completely liquefied. And um, there's a hundred and some liters of water or something like that, or a couple hundred liters of water. And uh, you're left with bone fragments, which actually um, are, I didn't realize this uh, until, you know, doing some of the research that was involved in this uh, document. But um, with cremation also, um, the ashes that you get are actually ground up bone fragments. So they basically take the the larger bone fragments and and some of the ashes and they kind of they grind them up through a kind of a grinder and and put them in a in a eventually in a urn or something. So it's same thing with alkaline hydrolysis. You're left with some of the large bones and then they will dry them out uh, in a kiln and then grind them up and you get a um, an urn of ash type material similar to what you get with cremation. Um, the reason it's <clears throat> sort of the marketing gimmick for alkaline hydrolysis, and it's it's marketed under the trade names resomation um, or aquamation or water cremation, uh, is that it's more environmentally friendly. That's one of the um, claims, because with cremation, uh, the incredibly high temperature incinerates things like mercury from fillings and other medical devices and, and, and uh, you know, uh, trace metals that might be in your body from from like yeah fillings or you had a pacemaker or something that some of that stuff gets kind of vaporized and goes into the air and also the carbon emissions are very high because of the heat for the furnace so um it's you know there's there's lower carbon emissions with uh, alkaline hydrolysis and you're not putting anything into the air so before we get to the sort of theological problems of that i think one of the documents basically says that 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 you said that one to two hundred liters of of fluids it's basically flushed into the sewer system yes before i even got to the theological thoughts my first thought (laughs) was how does the the state or the city or the 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 county even allow that i mean mixing in the sewer system which you know i'm not an expert on on water systems but yeah i I can't believe that that would even be legally allowed well anything about that part of it uh no not an expert on it i do know a little bit there was a place not far from where i live that opened up uh in a town on a river and they eventually were shut down because of the concerns about the waste going into the river 
mm. and ecological concerns about that. But then they were allowed to open again. I think they appealed and they were able to open. So, I mean, they claim that the effluent is basically sort of balanced, pH balanced and safe and uh, not harmful ecologically. I mean, there would still be a lot of nutrients in it from the body. So that might cause, you know, like dumping fertilizer into a river or something like that. But I, I don't know of any... Yeah, I don't I don't know. It, the yuck factor is definitely there, though. That's mm, what gets yeah. most people. And I don't think it's exactly described to potential customers in that way. Yeah. So the fact that both Canadian and the U.S. bishops are, have, have talked about this in recent documents hints to me that there's that this is this is becoming this is growing in popularity. Uh, it's the, you, you mentioned it's yes. marketed towards the environmentalists. Is it also sort of cheaper and and what what is the sort of writing on the wall? Do we sort of anticipate that this might even overtake cremation in the coming years? So that sixty to seventy percent of those are high, uh, uh, alkaline hydrolysis. What what is the sort of projection into the near future? Yeah, I, I don't think this is a financial show where we're going to be trying to you know guide people on their investments and who to, who to <laughs> on for the funeral industry. I have no idea. Okay, um, I don't know. Uh, it is definitely uh, growing. Um, quite quickly. Um, I had a, I had a bishop, you know, this was a few years ago when we were um, working on, because our, our, the statement from the Canadian bishops actually quotes uh, a statement from the, the Canadian bishops doctrine commission uh, five years ago, um, which had been confidential until it was published in this uh, document. And uh, one bishop, you know, after that had said, Oh, well, in, in our, you know, part of the country, we don't, this would never be allowed. We don't have this. So I did a little Google search and I'm like, your excellency, uh, here's a place in your town that's doing this. It's already uh, there. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of all over the place. Right. Yeah. It's, not, it's not about what, one other thing is, uh, yeah. that's mentioned in there is that with respect to, you know, treating the body with dignity, yeah. one of the other concerns is that basically at least, um, a couple of years ago, the state of the, of the industry was that there were kind of two types of these machines and, without getting into details, one of them, you had to physically puncture or crush the skull of the person before you put it in the machine in order to make sure that the brain would be digested, which is pretty gross. Sorry for the lack of trigger warning there. But, um, you know, that's most reasonable people would say, ah, that doesn't seem like a dignified way to treat grandma, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's another concern. Whereas cremation, yes, you're burned to a crisp and to ashes, but I don't know. People, um, it seems it seems less violent than this kind of crushing and digesting. Well, let me let me play the devil's advocate on that one. So, I mean, the, the Canadian bishops say, you know, as you were just hinting at, it, uh, elect alkaline hydrolysis does not manifest adequate respect for the dignity of the human body, and they're hinting at what you were just saying about yeah. crushing the skull and all that. One, I think, could make a reasonable argument. Well, I mean, it's really not less. Uh, respectful than cremation. I mean, if you want to say cremation yeah, is disrespectful, yeah. sure, you could do that. But I think yeah. somebody could at least make a reasonable argument that cremation and alkaline hydrolysis, whether they're disrespectful or not, are on a par with each other. But then that would usher in the question, well, why do the bishops, can, uh, why does the Catholic Church continue to allow cremation, right, right. but not alkaline hydrolysis? How well, would you to so that? to be, well, first of all, I would, a couple of things. First of all, no one has banned alkaline hydrolysis in the way that cremation was banned at one point okay. so there's nothing in the code of canon law you know that you can't be um have your remains buried if you were uh, had alkaline hydrolysis done at least not that i'm aware of um although some cemeteries may choose not to receive remains that have been uh, um, processed that way um i think you're right well at least let me let me back up i i think it's pretty obvious to me anyway that that alkaline hydrolysis is not intrinsically evil. It's not intrinsically wrong. Um, mm. uh, the, yeah. Um, you know, if, if, if it was the only method available to you, mm -hmm. uh, I think it would be make sense to that. You would choose that if there was no, nothing else that could be done, if there was some emergency and that was the only way you could deal with all the bodies that you had. Um, because I think it was initially developed, I believe at a, an American or Scottish university to deal with, um, uh, veterinary, um, corpses or something like that but anyway um that aside uh, i could be wrong about that but um it's not intrinsically wrong and so what it kind of comes down to is um partly subjective which doesn't mean it's meaningless because it has to do with the symbolism and, and symbolism 
is partly how we interpret symbols, mm-hmm. what they mean. And so what does it mean to flush somebody down the drain, you know, or flush most of their body down the drain? Now, if it doesn't mean anything bad, then I guess then maybe it's <laughs> that you could you could evaluate it accordingly. Uh, but I think for most, almost everybody, there's there's this there's a distinction between something being burned and something being flushed down the drain, and we we would see more dignity in something being burned than in being flushed down the drain. Uh, that's that's my like just general kind of like that's what I sort of think sure. the difference is, but it, it's not an absolute. Uh, um, yeah, the moral difference is not um, intrinsic. It's not an intrinsic kind of. So in layman's terms, you kept using that term intrinsically evil or intrinsically bad. What what in layman's terms does that mean? Uh, yeah. So if something's intrinsically evil, it's always evil, no matter what the circumstances are in which it's done. And and I don't think this is, is one of those things. Um, but I think that, you know, given that there are other options, it, then it's sort of the question is, well, why did you choose this one? And, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's because you, you feel like it's more ecologically friendly. And yeah, it's... Um, it's not. It's not being recommended. I, what's the wording of the? Um, it uh, for the alcohol. It says um, not been encouraged is what the Canadian bishops say. Right. And then the U.S. bishops say. Yeah, they're a little bit, a little bit more forceful. I forgot the exact language that they use. Um, but it is, even though the bishops, it says the it, US it bishops, does not res- it does not show adequate respect for the human body, nor express hope in the resurrection. Yeah, that's all it says. It doesn't say you can't do it. Right. And, and and the U.S. bishops didn't say this, but the Canadian bishops are right that the, the Vatican and the Pope in particular hasn't said anything specific. But yeah, if to I, be fair, Vatican, the, I would say this is a, a document is going to come out at some point sooner rather than later. That third, yeah, hopefully, yeah. That third category uh, related human composting, uh, oh, the yeah. bishops state uh, the term they use is se- uh, several concerns about human yeah. composting. Yeah. Um, I guess echoing questions that I just asked, what's the difference between human composting, alkaline hydrolysis, and cremation? What sets this apart? And then what are those concerns that the the bishops have, uh, Canadian and American bishops have about human composting? Yeah, human composting is an interesting one. Um, It's just, I think it was legalized in the state of Washington in 2019 or 18, or maybe 20, no, 2021 or something. It was pretty recent anyway. They were the first state to legalize it think there's more states that have it now and i believe it's starting to come into canada um and human composting is um i mean f- essentially it's it's an attempt to sort of mimic the natural decomposition to decomposition process of the body you know you, you put a body in the ground eventually it decomposes and becomes part of the soil basically um, over you know maybe 50 100 200 years whatever depends on the conditions um, and so they've got this kind of, it's again, it's kind of like a big cylinder, sort of reminds you of a front loading washing machine, kind of tumble, tumble cycle there. And they put like wood chips and plants and material in there and they heat it up quite a bit and they add some like fluid and really try to speed up the decomposition. And after about um, something like eight to 12 weeks or so, you get um, a yard, a cubic yard of of soil effectively that you can just spread um no there's a place in washington i just was checking out their website this morning and it's 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 eerie stuff man it's it's eerie the language that they use um you know they say we will take your your person into our care for for the eight to 12 weeks (laughs) they'll they'll digest their body but they're taking your person into our care anyway it's like that's interesting i mean it's just it's just interesting language. I don't know what to yeah. think of it, but it was not what I expected. But anyway, um, they, uh, yeah, and and the idea is like if you don't want to claim it, they'll just spread it in the forest or something, or you can claim some or all of the of the, you know, quote unquote soil, mm-hmm. and do what you want with it. Um, so that's just the that's the, that's the basic idea. I mean, we can get into why it's not recommended if you want. Well, yeah, that's that's the next question. So especially in light of you know, if you put a body in the ground, it's basically going to become compost anyways i mean even if it's not for a garden or something it's going to work its way into the soil and and uh, you know nutrients will do what nutrients do so so what are the concerns here so um i'll I'll give uh the general concerns and then another one a specific concern that i just have and some of the information that i've found um so the general concern is that it's it's designed for like 
with ashes, the, the church's teaching is that they need to be laid to rest in a single location. This is completely designed for, for just spreading the stuff all over the place. Mm. Um, it's too much. I mean, it's, it's like hundreds of times more volume than you get with cremation. Uh, it's like it, you would fill up the whole back of a pickup truck with, with this. And um, so it's not, it's, it's, it's not in any way meant for reverent disposition. Um, so that's a problem. You can't put it all somewhere, really. You could spread it in your backyard or something, but that's not a sacred place either. So, um, you know, and it gets back to, well, what is this signifying? And if, if you know, the Christian idea is that the body's laid in the ground and we wait the resurrection on the last day, like there's no tomb. All you have is soil that you can dump somewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's... Um, you know, it's not really fitting. And, and and the idea that it's encouraged that you might use it for gardening or something, which again is getting into this idea of like, um, you know, putting you back into the circle of life or that your, you know, death is, is a sort of a fusion with the natural world and, and, you know, like the avatar kind of almost a <laughs> thing, you know, you're back into the mother earth or something. Um, that's, that's not really the, the Catholic, that does, it isn't a great sort of a, ritualistic representation of the, of the Catholic faith. The other thing uh, I was, I was doing some research and, and uh, this is a couple of years ago and asking some of their um, engineers at this, uh, this company, you know, how do you, because, you know, bones like, like femurs and skulls are usually don't decompose for a long time in nature. Like they can still be there a thousand years later or whatever. And uh, you know, how do you get these things to how do you get it to turn into soil so quickly and the answer of course is that they all well, they don't tell you this on their website or anything is that they have a quote-unquote uh mixing instrument which they insert into the chamber which breaks up the the body mm-hmm. into small so it's basically like a blender that they that they put in and chop up the body after about a week into little bits so that it can be um uh, digested and, and decomposed uh more quickly which i mean Again, you could say, well, the person's dead and they're partly decomposed already, but I don't know. To me, that's just, that's not not what I'd be signing up for uh, with someone I love. But anyway, um, there's also other methods uh, that there was one we were researching and it ended up, the company went out of business. They were based in like Ireland or something and it was called, I can't remember what it was called, but they... They they froze the body with liquid nitrogen and mm-hmm. then used some high frequency sound or something to shatter it into tiny little powder. Mm-hmm. And uh then they would then they would form it into this like compress it into some kind of capsule that then you could like that looked like a coconut husk or something, and you could plant it in the ground with a seed and it would grow into a tree or something like this. Mm-hmm. They went out of business since so we didn't have to <laughs> right. didn't have to talk about their method because it never happened. But it almost so I, I can certainly see uh, you know what the bishops are saying here, sort of theologically. My sort of gut instinct, though, is you know the fact that these three different bodies have published three documents in seven years tells me that this isn't simply you know an interesting intellectual idea that needs to be addressed, or uh, you know that that that. Um, popular sentiment is shifting that it's yeah. in other words it seems to me that there's an anxiety that's pulsing under the the desire for these three different bodies to 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 publish these documents how would you articulate what that is what's not simply what's the anxiety what's the concern what are these they worried about not simply you know uh, having the right intent or doing x y or z with the body it seems like there's something really at stake here, yeah. although the, the, the documents don't come right out and say that. What, what do you think that might be? Oh, good question. Um, I, for the Canadian one, I can, I can speak to that because I'm more involved in that. The idea was, so like I said, the Doctrine Commission had done this thing on alkaline hydrolysis in 2018 because people were asking about it and um, cemetery, Catholic cemeteries have been asking about it. That was the immediate impetus. They're like, what is, like, this looks kind of weird, like... It doesn't seem right. What should we be doing? You know, so we had to look at it. But then after that, there was this idea of, well, this is kind of a very basic, we took a very basic doctrinal look at it, but like, there's more to the process than just the purely doctrinal. There's like, what about the people involved and the sort of pastoral side and, and how would this help them grieve or not? And so that's why we did this whole thing on, on burying the dead, grieving well, which is sort of looking at trying to look at the, the sort of, 
the grieving psychological pastoral side of of what you do with the body and you know with with alkaline hydrolysis i think the general idea seemed to be something like um you know at some point you're going to look back on how you dealt with the body of your mom or dad or whoever it was and you want to know that you did that you treated the body with the most respect possible and uh it's probably not going to be I mean, you might never think about it, but if you do, it, it might not be great if you realize, oh, yeah, they got, you know, flushed down the drain or whatever it was. So, um, you know, there, there there can be a connection between how we treat the bodies and how we grieve the loss of our loved ones. And um, I don't know if that's really answering your question, but yeah, what is your question? Again? <laughs> <laughs> what's the anxiety? What's what's un, what's yeah. pulsing underneath here that's driving yeah. That these three documents the, were the pulsing yeah um yeah i mean it's uh, yeah so okay i i think there's a probably this is just me guessing but i think there is a my take is that there's kind of a, a very broad especially in the west a kind of a uh and i alluded to this before a different view of death or or a a, a, a worldview that seeks to sort of erase the idea of death and not not think about it and so that even death even the in the body after you're dead becomes a kind of a a product or a kind of a a way for you to um, signal your social responsibility because you chose the green option. You chose green cremation or, or, you know, you know, alkaline hydrolysis or whatever it is. Like it's, it's like there's this sort of hyper commercialization of, of death, not just in the sense of making money off it, but making death itself a kind of a, I don't know, product or something. I, I think there's, I think there's a deep kind of a, loss of uh, appreciation of, of death of dying a good death and also of, of hope in the resurrection and so i think i'd say that's kind of what's pulsing in the background but it's hard to name mm-hmm. but i think that's it's something like that 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 we don't really have that anymore in our society maybe we never did i don't know but you mentioned a couple of times that you'd spoken to uh directors of catholic cemeteries and that they had come to you and said you know, hey, we, we don't know what to do about this. And and that certainly makes sense, right? They're not theologians, they're not bishops. But they, they sort of have a unique place. Uh, you know, they're kind of in the trenches, on the front lines, actually dealing with grieving people, dealing with the bodies. Yeah. You know, even if, the, even if the body, you know, is goes through the alkaline hydrolysis process, you know, can, can I, the director, still, uh, you know, bury it in a Catholic cemetery, those types of yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. What else did the Catholic cemetery directors say to you in their experiences on the front lines in the trenches? Yeah. Um, what else did they say? I don't know. Um, They're just perplexed. They just had no idea. Well, what to do. No, I mean, you know, some had had real concerns about alkaline hydrolysis. Um, the last thing I heard was that there was some discussion about like, and I don't know what um, what the decisions were that were being made um, about, you know, what do you do if someone comes to you with remains from alkaline hydrolysis? Do you inter them or not? Or is there some special, like, how does that work? Um, that sort of thing. Or what would you do if someone did human composting and they said, well, my dad did, he got his body composted, but I'd like to do something reverent with the remains. Can I put them in the cemetery or something? Like, what would you do? I don't know. So um, I know that those are the types of conversations that are being had. And, um, th- but those deal with, you know, what would you say? They're kind of, they are kind of pastoral concerns and they're not, you know, this is absolutely the only correct answer. Like there's going to be different ways of looking at those questions, you know? So I, I don't know. I don't know where things are at. And that's not a discussion that I've been part of in the, in the recent years. Uh, final question. Uh, I always like to end on a note of hope. We are a people of hope, specifically hope in the resurrection. Uh, when you think of the many troubling ways that the body is disrespected in our society today, whether it's the topic we were just discussing with with uh, the desecration of the body or the many other ways in society that uh, the body is disrespected, what gives you hope that our society might be able to return to or start to have a, a true appreciation of the body and its and its dignity? Man. <laughs> You can't, you can't be a cynic. You can't be, I, you can't be hopeless. No, I'm not hopeless. I'm not hopeless. God always gives me hope. Right. So, uh, you know, and I think, um, I think that the Eucharist, I will, I will say the Eucharist gives me hope. It's the body hmm. of Christ. And uh, so I think as long as we have 
I don't think I don't think you can be, you know, I guess I could say something about John Paul II's theology of the body or I don't know, but I don't think you can be Catholic and not have a deep respect for the body. Like you just can't. Mm. And so I think that what gives me hope is that there's a whole like we have a whole cohesive body of uh understanding the world that places the body really kind of at the at the center, you know. We're made in the image of God and we're temples of the Holy Spirit. And so um that doesn't change no matter what we, you know, St. Augustine, I think there's a quote in our thing, uh, the Bishop, Canadian bishops thing where St. Augustine said, you know, it doesn't matter because people were challenging him on the resurrection of the bodies. It doesn't matter, you know, what happens to the body after it's dead, you know, what animals have eaten it or what cannibals have eaten it or whether it's what kind of dust it's been dissolved into or how it's been burned. God is able to raise it up on the last day. And, um, you know, we have faith in the resurrection that God is able to, you know, re- re- rejuvenate, restore the whole universe and our bodies as well. And so, um, anyway, I have eschatological hope. Let's let's put it that way. <laughs> well, that's pretty much the only way we can have hope hope in the hope in the resurrection itself. Doctor, yeah. thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed this conversation and and, and these documents themselves. And I look forward to keeping my uh, ear to the ground and seeing how uh, you know. As I said, I think more documents are coming in the coming years on this so uh, i look forward to that and whatever what other sort of wacky ways technology can um, <laughs> can find yeah, uh, deal exactly. with thank you so much dr fletcher excellent thank you very much our culture is in a crisis and the solution to that crisis is the gospel message saint john's seminary the seminary of the archdiocese of los angeles offers an online ma and pastoral ministry degree for anyone interested in receiving formation for ministry. This program helps students improve their knowledge of the Catholic intellectual tradition and develop practical skills for ministry. A studio with professional video, audio, and lighting equipment allows our students to have an enjoyable technological experience, a necessity for any online learning environment. Anyone who is working in and around the Roman Catholic Church in North America needs an education like this. There's no way you could get this kind of education anywhere than at a seminary. Our online Master of Arts in Pastoral Ministry offers you the chance to continue your education in ministry and designed to provide you with the knowledge, spiritual formation, and practical skills that you need to serve the family of God in our parishes, schools, and other ministries. By grounding yourself in the intellectual tradition of the Catholic Church, you will be able to go out into this culture and leaven it with the good news.